You're listening to the Windbuild Send Podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. right next to us and uh, they named their baby actually a uh, Sela you know like in the songs yeah yeah and uh, I remember I, I, I walked in they had just you know the baby had just come in right next to m- my son out you know he was like halfway or three-quarters of his term already at the hospital and um, we would always see the babies that would come and go and this new baby came in named Sela and uh, I remember seeing the the name and I'm like and I looked at the parents, you know, and then I just remember seeing the mom just distraught and mm-hmm. like, like in fear. And uh, the husband, I, rem- I, I, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I like your uh, daughter's name. And he's like, yeah. He's like, thank you. I'm like, do you know what it means? And then he's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And I told him, yeah, it's from the Psalms, right? And then he's like. Oh, how do you know that? And then we just started communicating. And then we had a a reunion the year after because they do a reunion every year for oh, the wow. for the babies that were in the NICU. Yeah. And um, he remembered uh, my son's name. He's like, "Hey, Benji." He's like, "I remember you guys." He's like, um, "I remember the words of encouragement you guys would give us because um, it was really hard for us, mm-hmm. even though their case was a little bit. It was less than ours. I mean, as a parent, you know, it was." That's one thing. Each child is different. Mm-hmm. So, like, each case is different, yeah. you know? But through it all, like, it's all difficult in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we, we saw two babies, right, that passed away. Mm. Um, one of them passed on Mother's Day, right? Um, that was really hard. Yeah. Um, it's a couple days, a few days before Ben Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we actually connected with a couple from uh, Germany. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And they so, were out here on business? Business. And um, his wife went into labor early. Whoa. And then, so their business trip got extended. Yeah. Because the baby was in the NICU. But we see them every year at the NICU reunion. We saw them the first year and we see them two years. So it's two years that we've, you know gone to it and there's just the sweetest couple ever where are they from in Germany yeah um not Frankfurt um Berlin oh wow okay yeah yeah man so so then you would say like make sure to pray and don't get angry <laughs> yeah because you can't get angry <laughs> and then what would you say Melvin? like I would say the same thing just prayer prayer being in your word um I think if, if, if just like sorry to interrupt but like the like when you guys were saying that um like she said uh i I forgot exactly the context of what she said but she said i would would worship for him like uh that idea that you're really uh worshiping god during this time even you know like there with your son saying and like you said i would worship for him that's interesting man like because like just reading the psalms like that's straight up like just worship you know so prayer, don't be angry, and then you were saying, sorry, I cut you off, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, just, uh, just being rooted in the Word, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, 
I remember, I forgot who told me this, but, you know, it just stuck with me. Like, you can't rely on people, you know. The only one you can rely on is God. Yeah, yeah. And um, just being rooted in the Word, just like Psalm, Psalms 1 says, you know, that the righteous is planted like a tree alongside a river. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're not being constantly fed with that, with the Spirit, with that refreshing, then when times, like that we went through um it just we've seen it we've seen it and people are just you know on the outside they look good and then when when struggles come or when dark times come it's just like what happened yeah you know and uh that's the key just the, your personal relationship with god so there's obviously still the, the elements of like life goes on. Yes. Uh, how did you deal with that? Like, because <laughs> obviously you had your daughter. Oh yeah. You know, like like, <laughs> are there elements of struggle within all that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So even I'm, in, including because like I really target people on this part that are in the church in ministry. So you also had your ministries in the church, right? Yes. So yeah. then like all that stuff, like how did you deal with that? What did you do? We had a so our one of. Besides our being there for our son, um, our main goal was to keep life normal, okay, per se for our daughter. Yeah, because she's only nine; she's going to school, and she's seen her little brother. Because we took her and she saw him and everything, and we didn't want her to freak out or have like a meltdown or anything. Which she did, you know, because she would hear us talking with the doctors on the phone and stuff like that, and. So I have the teacher calling me saying, hey, your daughter's like crying because her brother has a hole in his heart. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And this is how she's hearing things, you know? Yeah. So I go like, we had to keep it normal for her. So um, while she was at school, I was in the hospital the whole day. And then I'd be there to pick her up. And then we'd come home, do her homework. Um, we'd go to church. Um, we'd have connect group, you know, and... Um, you know, she saw us take turns and she understood. And then, but she saw, like, how he would get sick and then he'd get better. And then she saw us praying through all this. Like, we'd pray as a family. we prayed like, you know, by ourselves and stuff like that. And she saw all of that. And then now she's like, oh, my gosh, God will always provide. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so at such a young age, she's already thinking that. And that to me, that was, like, one of my main goals. Like, because I don't want her to be, like, why would God do this? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want her thinking that way. Because her friends would ask her, like, she's still going to church? Like, I mean, these are nine-year-olds that are asking her this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, so, yeah, we try to keep it normal. We still have connect group because we wanted these, we wanted our church family around us. You know? We wanted prayer. We wanted the fellowship. We kind of needed the distraction a little. Yeah. You know, because it, it got hard being in the in the hospital, like, every day for almost four months. <laughs> oh, man. For me, the biggest struggle was work. Mm. My work environment, just the, the person I was working with. Um, it was just... Uh, I think I think for me, that's what was the, the big eye-opener. Because you know, I was so work focused on, like, work and not missing work and... I mean, I didn't miss work, I think, while he was in the NICU, but um, um, I, I guess I, 
just being honest on the podcast, you know, um, I had put work above my family. Mm. And um, this was the big eye-opener for me, like, hey, you got to get your priorities straight. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and then after he came home, uh, my life just took a different turn. Um, I took a pay cut, a new new job, Um, not doing what I'm doing. anymore but um I'm, I'm grateful for it you know yeah even though I'm, i took a pay cut i'm grateful for it because you know the place where i'm at now if if my kid is sick hey take as many days you need yeah or uh, don't worry about it you know we'll find a way to to work out you know if, if you can't make your bills or something like they're just it's a blessing where i'm at just you know everything ha- like everything happens for a reason yeah, I would like, I would even say like like, directly in the in the Christ centered context that God positions us to go through some things to like really reveal some things that are like there that we're not really aware of. Yeah, there was for example, there was one guy um, um, that was in South Africa and he was going out to pioneer a church. So I was at the conference that he got sent out at. Mm-hmm. But um, what he was telling me was his daughter uh, has a heart condition. And so um, he said, like, during this, this time that they found out, his daughter was in the hospital. He says he would wake up every morning and pray, like, an hour, two hours. Like, and, and he told me, like, we're literally having this conversation. He was, he was driving me to another city to go minister. And so we're having, he's telling me this whole story. And uh, he says, you know what? He says, I, I just realized this right now. <laughs> and he was like, um, I don't think I would have a prayer life had my daughter not gotten sick. And I was like, whoa, like that's like, that was a heavy statement. Cause I was thinking like, like, like Lord, don't ever make me go through something like that to make me have a prayer life. Um, but he literally like yeah. com- came out 100% and said like, I, like I almost would admittedly say like admittingly say I wouldn't be a man of prayer had that not happened to my daughter. And so, like, that blew me away because I was thinking, like, dude, like, I think God really, like, like you guys were talking about earlier, like, God really wants us to know that, that um, we need him. You know, like, we, we have to go to him. And when he told me that, that was really interesting. That's, like, I, I rem- I'm remembering that as you guys share your story and, like, just all the other people that go through stuff. Like, I think God really wants us to examine and sometimes even re-examine, like, our lives. Yeah. At different points in our lives. Um, there's a, the other end of like in ministry, you have you have work and then you have ministry. How did, what was that like? Like, did you feel pressured to do stuff at church, or is uh, uh, not not in the sense of a negative way, but like you yourself, like like you felt like man, I have to be there, or like like how did you feel during that? Um, I didn't I didn't feel like I mean I think the leadership was um, very understanding about that. Like mm-hmm. oh you 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 have they didn't they never imposed that. Yeah. Or they never made it feel that way. Um, I think for me, um, since I was doing the worship, I think my worship has never, never been. I don't know how to word it correctly. Maybe stronger or like more intimate. Okay. Than in that time period. Yeah. Um, it just, it just kind of like boosted, like the worship, and like um, I remember people at church being like, "Hey, worship was different today than." Than previous services, I mean, it's not because of what I did, you know, but it's just really tapping into that 
like I've heard pre preachers say, you know, like we're on the wrong channel sometimes, you know, we're not on the same channel as God. Yeah. You know, just really tapping into that same channel, you know, and being um, vulnerable yeah. to God and just being intimate in that in that moment. Um, it just kind of boosted the to do, you know, be more intimate and passionate about worship. So you guys, and I'm like, so uh, first of all, I appreciate everything you guys are sharing. I think a lot of people will be like, really encouraged, and I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people. Um, but uh, I want to kind of turn the conversation into uh, this area of, uh, um, you guys have been in Praise Chapel for a while. Um, we believe in this vision of wind, build, send. And like, so like to break it down into evangelism, discipleship, and uh, multiplication. So like, what, how does that look? What does that look like to you? Like, what, what would you say on those topics exactly? Like, how, what does that look like in the local church for you guys? Um, you know, I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, how so? What do you mean? Uh, like, win, build, and send. That's, you know, the, the three the three words. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And I remember that um, we would send out, um, I guess, you know, start churches. But we never started a church, like, locally. We always started a church, like, in Guatemala or oh, okay. El Salvador. Um Mexico, um, trying to think of any other place, but I mean, it was never like locally, like, oh, hey, uh, brother, you're gonna get sent out to this city, or uh, we, we never, we just kind of stuck to one zone. Um, but coming to Praise Chapel, you know, talking with Angel one day, uh, Pastor Angel, I remember I was, we were talking about shows, and then I remember him. Uh, I mentioned, uh, oh, there's this guy named Gabo, and then he was like, Gabo, yeah, I know Gabo, he's in Estonia, and I was like, wait, what? Like, this dude was the the lead frontman of this band, like, he's out there, like, missionary work, and that just kind of, like, stirred something in me, like, mm. hey, man, if, if this guy, like, you know, like, um, can be used by God, why can't I be used by God, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um... And just coming to the fellowship and seeing, like, the difference. I mean, from the seven years that we've been, every year that we've gone to Harvesters and the people that we've, like, got to know, like, like Mikey and um, yeah. Marcel and, um, you know, all these other people that, you know, from my teenage years, um, they're out there pastoring, like, wow, like, like we were rocking shows with these guys, you yeah. know, like, yeah. now they're out there pastoring, like, that's awesome, like. And, um, I mean, not to put them on a pedestal, you know, but just that it's, um, just to see how God works. Yeah. To see like someone, you know, that's like, yeah. like, they're like me, like, yeah. <laughs> like ordinary God, people. yeah, and God uses them. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So like, yeah, I get that totally. So the idea of Windbuild Sense, so you saw that kind of happening in, in our, you know, fellowship, organization, network, whatever word we want to use. Do you see that playing out in the churches, like more so in the way of like, someone said to me like that model is basically like someone from the street. They, you, you share the gospel with them. They give their lives to Jesus. They come in, they get discipled and then they get sent out. Like, have you ever seen that happen? No. 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 Okay. So it's more like the people who grew up in church or something like that. Um, I guess you would say so. I guess maybe from like, um, yeah, I guess you would say like from, from the ones that we've seen, yeah, we've, we've seen, yeah. So then, 
in your mind, like, how could we do that? Like, how could we go in to the streets that, like, say you guys are in San Pedro, or that you guys are in San Pedro, and, like, you go into the local community, and you really share the gospel with people. Someone comes in, or they hear the gospel, they give their life to Jesus, they come in, they get discipled, and they get sent out. How do you see that happening? I mean, like, our neighbors. Like, our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to party every weekend, mm. you know. So they like to have Bible studies, what you're saying. Yeah. Like, that's the vision. <laughs> <laughs> they love to party, and they know a lot of people, and, you know, they're not saved, but they see us having Bible study every Friday. Um, they see us go to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. Like, we're faithful, you know? Yeah. And um, just recently, one of them asked if they can come. Hmm. So there goes someone that yeah. did not grow up in the church in this fellowship that is now interested. And she came to service. Um, maybe like the second time she came, she gave her life to Christ. Wow. Um, and she asked for prayer. And so I think with this wind, build, send thing, is um, now we just have to um, keep in constant communication with her. Like, yeah. come, you know, come, you know, and then that's hopefully the idea for her you know like and her family yes yeah. discipleship um the growth and all of that you know let, let me say this because i think a lot of times like when we come to the send part we get stuck on the idea of like going to plant a church mm-hmm. yeah but a lot of times i think it means like like your neighbor getting sent back to her house <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like really like just it's the evangelism, discipleship, yeah. and sending. But the sending is not necessarily going to start a church. It's sometimes mm-hmm. just going to your home yeah. and like saying like sharing the gospel with your family and friends. Like so, yes. like and and those areas. Like, um, do you see that as being like something uh, possible? Oh, it's very possible. I mean, I I would probably. I mean, I wasn't alive at that time, but I mean, I would. I think that would was probably the major part in the early church. You know. Um, it's more difficult now, maybe because you know because of the world, you know, how we how the world is. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very possible. Yeah, I, I think one of the big things that I, I don't know, I guess in America, is that we're afraid to to take risks. I think mm-hmm. um, due to uh, Wait, let, let's back up a little bit. Take risks. Take risks spiritually. Take risks financially. Take risks with our family, like moving. Like, what, like, would you explain that more in depth? Um, everything, man. All those areas. All those areas. Um, I remember you speaking one time and you saying that before you got sent out to Estonia, that um, God was putting in your heart to go speak to a to a, a gangster-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, and that you were debating like, oh, I don't know if I want to go talk to this guy. Yeah. And that the Holy Spirit convicted you and said. If you can't talk to this guy that's across the street, what makes you think you can travel the ocean Yeah. to go speak to another people? And that always stuck with me. Like, like how am I not going to tell people, oh, I'm a Christian? Yeah. Or this is what I believe. You know, uh, especially now with everything being so politically correct. Yeah. Um, we're afraid to, to, with the issues that are going on, we're afraid to, to, to call out sin as sin. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't only see it in um, in Christians, but you see it like in in in, media, in big media ch- uh, churches, you know, like um, calling sin out for what it is. Yeah. And um, financially, 
like yeah. taking a risk of like maybe quitting your job or like something like that yeah just because uh we have it all here we have a roof electricity gas yeah um in and out in and out yeah <laughs> um i mean you know i've told my wife before like hey man like we go to iceland or like you know like out in the woods or something like wherever you know like like i'm down to like do it you know like firewood stove you know like yeah I'm totally down for that, you know. <laughs> but I think a lot of people. Well, is like, eh, we don't have to pray about that. Yeah, a lot of prayer. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I told I told Vanessa before. I was like, I'll go to like like you know jungles in Brazil, Africa. Like I don't like I don't care. But like honestly, like it really comes down to like just trusting God and and really letting the Holy Spirit lead us. And I would yeah, I would even like to kind of capitalize on that thought. There's the God family and then ministry like that whole model yeah it's like it's your relationship with god that matters even more than your relationship with your wife because if you don't have a good relationship with god you're gonna have a bad relationship with your wife (laughs) and then or you know vice versa yeah and then um uh family because family is more important than a ministry because family in itself is your number one ministry so I use the word ministry, but I'm really saying like your uh, position or title or whatever you're doing in the church, the service you're doing. And so like I think it's God, family, ministry that has to be maintained at all times. But a little bit more than that to understand that like um, the home, everything flows out from the home. So like yeah. if you go like start a church, it starts in your home. Like people come to your house and they see something or they don't see something. And they're like, you know, either like, hey, man, this is different or, hey, like, they're not like anything different than my family at home. Yeah. So, you know, like, so it's kind of like everything flows out from the home, which brings us back to the idea of God, family, then ministry. Yeah. Because it really is that flow. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember the early days from when we first started in Angel's home. And it was chaos, man. Yeah. Like kids. Yeah. We, I mean, we had uh we have, you know, a couple that they, they start they started when I first started, you know. They have two kids at that time. Yeah. Yeah, they had two kids, two, two boys. boys. And these dudes are like, you know I mean they're boys. They're, they're boys. They're, they're tough. And then you got Angel's four kids, and then you got my daughter <laughs> and then all over the place while we're trying to have Bible study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, that was that was, that was fun. Good times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, it was by uh, whatever flows. I never, I, I don't remember seeing like uh, Sister Desert Angel just lashing out at the kids, like right. I I, I can't recount one time where they where they did that. That's good, man. All right. On that note, we'll end it. Thank you guys for being on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for this. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. 